Um, we've been on a series on Wednesday night. Next Wednesday will be the last message, <clears throat> and that will be 11 messages on foundation. Um, since, our, since our vision night in February, we have taught every Wednesday night, I think it's since then, it may have, we may have skipped a week or something or in there, but this is, this is the 11th message. And uh, <clears throat> this is kind of a whole package and series that is really good to go back and listen to, that you can lead other people to listen to. You can go to our website, gatesofthecity.org, go to podcast, um, to our podcast, and go to iTunes, type in Gates of the City, and there's messages all the way back to 2009 that are on there. You can listen to them or download them for free. But this series entitled Foundation with three, um, with three categories under foundation that we've taught on. The first was faith, and in, uh, under the subtitles in that category on faith, which was not just the definition of what faith is, but a faith statement in a person's heart to really be established in who you are in God and really believing in it. And we talked, about, uh, we talked about who you are in Christ, number one. The, the second message was on understanding true repentance. And, um, you know, I, I said early on in my walk with God, when people would talk about repentance, I, I thought it was a, a bad word or a mean word or an ugly word. But true repentance will liberate your life. And, and the third one we talked about was water baptism. We had water baptism on that Sunday of that week. Uh, people were baptized in water, and we talked about the understanding of it and how important it is to understand water baptism. In the fourth week, under this first category, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit and the importance of praying in the, in the Spirit. Doing a whole series on Sunday about the Holy, uh, concerning the Holy Spirit being your helper. Uh, but that's something different than what we've taught here. And then the fifth, the fifth category under, uh, under that first topic of faith was, on, was a little bit on the church. And so those five things were under the first category. The second category was the Word of God. And there were three subtitles. Uh, under the Word of God. And the first was hearing the Word of God, how important it is to hear the Word. The second was the meditation and the studying of the Word, how important it is that a person study the Word. You don't study the Word and meditate on the Word. Your thinking won't change. It's vital that our thinking changes. And then, and then last week we talked on doing the Word, on taking the Word that we've heard and putting it to work. And not just talking about it, but really living it and, and allowing it to operate in us. And the third subject uh, in our foundation series is church and community. Tonight we're talking about church. Next week we're talking about community. And <clears throat> these are simple biblical revelations that, that any and every person who is born again has to have and be able to embrace 
to be able to grow up. It's the tools that every person needs to be able to grow up and mature in the things of God. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for a week or for a month or for five or ten or fifteen or fifty years. These foundational truths, every time you hear them taught, should do something new in your life. And that's, that to me is, is the huge benefit that this word is. You can never top out. You can go to school and you can learn certain things. You know, when, when you were in school and you learned that two plus two is four, that's it. It's never going to be anything else but four. You can, you can go, you know, and spend 50 years in, 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 in higher education and two plus two will always be four. But John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And every time I read that verse, I get something else out of it. And I've been saved for over 35 years. I don't know how, but it just happens. And it's the way with everything else in this book. Amen? But the foundational truths that we've been teaching over the last 10 weeks that we'll teach tonight and then next Wednesday night, those foundational truths would be good for you to go back and listen to those things all the time. They they won't hurt you. They'll they'll make you better. And you can lead other people. As you listen to some of these words and, and, and they've done something with you and you see other people that might need them, just lead them there and let them listen to them. They're free. They don't cost anything. Just go on there. You can, you can download it or you can listen to it and, and it will affect and change your life. Foundation is vital. Just a couple things in, in regards to foundation. Um, in, in life, you won't fall or fail because of the intensity of a storm if your foundation is strong. In life, you won't fall or fail because of the intensity of a storm if your foundation is strong. We are not, we've said this multiple times in this series, but we are not storm-free people with foundations in God, but we become storm-proof. In other words, every storm that comes against your life, if you've laid strong foundation, you're able to endure through it. And the Bible, this book, has every answer to every problem or issue that you will ever face in life. Ever. 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 You will never face anything that it's not already answered in here. That's why you have to have a strong foundation. But look at this. Look at Matthew 7. Say, well, Pastor, I don't know about all that. Well, I'm going to show you about all that. Verse 24 of Matthew 7. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, 
and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and the rains descended, and the floods came. Notice it didn't just say, you know, a little trickle of rain. It said the rains descended that created floods. So let's just say it like this. The rains descended and the tsunami came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Solid rock. Didn't fall. Didn't say it wasn't tossed and, you know, you have a, you have a, a building and it's strong and it's got a strong foundation. That thing's going to move. The winds, it says it beat against it. It beat and beat and beat. But it didn't fall because it had a strong foundation, right? But anyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a fool who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. Now notice, two guys, one with a foundation, one with no foundation, The same winds, the same floods, the same rain beat on both houses, right? So, you know, I was born at night, but not last night. So if the rains and the floods and the winds are going to come, let's have a good foundation, right? Then we don't fall. I mean, settle. We don't fall. So, tonight we're talking about the church, and I'm just going to give you some basic foundations, foundational scriptures that if you've been around here at all, you've heard these. If you haven't, well, just look at these, go back and listen to this, and and meditate on it, okay? If building a foundation is going to storm-proof your life, not be storm-free, but storm-proof your life, then, okay, how, how do we build foundation? Where do we go to build foundation? First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. <clears throat> Paul says here, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Whoever hears these words of mine and does them will be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. So the passage in Matthew 7 is talking about an individual building his personal house. Okay? 1 Timothy 3.15 says that the house of God is the pillar in the ground of truth where you can build your house. So if you hear these sayings that I'm speaking to you tonight from the Word of God. See, if I come up here and tell you a bunch of stuff and I'll back it up with the Word, 
then there's n- it's no good. Because now it's just what I said instead of me telling you what he said. And as you hear it and you meditate on it and you do it, then you'll then, then when the storms come or the stuff happens that life produces, see, it's not God. Nowhere in the scripture in Matthew 7 did it say that God beat against the house, said the storms of life. And in the storms of life, there's stuff that beats. And what we've got to make sure is that we choose to build the foundation. And where do you build the foundation? The house of God, which is the church the pillar, and the ground of truth. Amen? Now watch what Jesus says about the church. Matthew 16. Again, these are simple truths, but they're real truth. Actually, truth in God is not measured It's measured by revelation. It's not measured. There's nothing in the Word that is more important than anything else in the Word or it wouldn't have been written. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, correction, for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God can be adequately equipped and built up. This Bible that we have here that we believe in, in this place, this book right here, will do everything that you need to be who you need to be if you just don't quit. The Bible says if you don't quit, you'll reap. <laughs> just don't quit. I, I know lots of people. I've been saved for over 35 years, and there were a bunch of people that got saved about the same time that I did. And the only difference in a lot of them and me is I just didn't quit. Storm came, floods came, stuff came, financial stress, physical attacks, this thing, marital attacks, all kinds of things like it comes to everybody else. Only difference is, I didn't quit. Half a dozen of the families that we grew and started raising our children with, half a dozen of those families are divorced today. They're not married today. They had the same word. Same stuff, it was preached. The difference is, the difference is, according to the word, that one does it and the other one doesn't. Or one does it and just doesn't quit, and the other one does it for a while and quits. Just don't quit. It don't matter how tough things get or how difficult, storms come, stuff happens, you know, hello, life. Right? For some reason, for some reason, just over the last few years, it's just become reality to me. Just do it. Think less and do more. Just do it. Just do it. Just. Just do it. The more you think, you talk yourself out of it. Just do it. Amen? Where did I tell you to go? Matthew 16. Verse 18. Jesus said, 
And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock, I, Jesus, will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. Well, uh, just back up. Just back up, go back to verse 13, and just, let me just make sure that, I don't want to just jump in here because I want to make sure that you understand what was said here. So here's Jesus with his disciples, and he came in verse 13, he says, he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And some of them said, you're John the Baptist, or Elijah, one of the prophets, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? Peter jumped up. You know, Peter's always jumping up doing something. Peter jumped up and he answered and said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So evidently, it was the right answer right? But flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you by Father in heaven. And also I say to you that you're Peter and on this rock, not the rock of Peter, but on this rock I will build my church. The rock of what? He said in verse 17 is the answer to the rock that he'll build his church on. Jesus said, I will build my church on the rock of revelation in Peter. I'll build my church when Peter gets it. He's saying to us today, if we get it, if we get the foundation and it's strong in us, then he can build his church. We don't get it, he can't build his church on misinformation and unbelief and things that don't line up with the word. He can't build the church there. So, so we just keep doing it. We just keep moving forward. We just keep repenting as we talked about several weeks back. And, and we keep drawing from the strength of who we are in Christ. And we continue to see ourselves built up and encouraged through the word of God. We continue to stand firm on God's word and not quit. Even when it doesn't seem like it's working, even when it seems like there's storms that are beating, I mean, I mean violently beating and coming against us and coming against us, I just don't quit. I refuse to quit. I will not give in. Amen? Because if you don't quit, you reap. Guaranteed. And so he said, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So what we're saying tonight is that the storms come, but if we build, if, if we embrace the revelation of the church, which is the pillar of truth, and, and where truth is declared, if we embrace the revelation of church, and that God is not building anything but his church. That we're not to build the church, but he's building the church based on what we're doing in our own house. 
If I'm building my house and I'm, I'm ridding myself of offense and I'm ridding myself of selfishness and pride and arrogance and attitude and things inside of me, if I'm ridding myself of things through the Word of God, then God is building His church. If I hold on to those things and embrace stuff like that and I, and I refuse to allow the Word to change my thinking and my attitude, God can't build His church. He can't build His church with strife and division. He can't build His church with arrogance and pride and fear. He can't build His church. I know. Because I know the times in my own life when I've been tired of doing right or tired of walking straight or tired of doing what was required. There's times you get frustrated and tired of it. That's why you have to stay in church. That's why you have to stay hearing the Word of God because tonight, the Word that I'm preaching to you, not because it's me preaching it, but the anointing on the Word and the anointing on my life to preach this Word is encouraging you. It's building you up. That's why you need church. And he said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Amen? 1 Corinthians 11. You're going to really like the end of this. Oh, yeah. I'm already liking it. Can't wait to get there. Long way to go and a short time to get there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11.27. Jesus said this. This is the Apostle Paul repeating what Jesus said in regards to the Last Supper. And in verse 27, he says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. But he said, not discerning the Lord's body. Ephesians 1 and 22 and 3 says that the church is his body. And when you think of Let's just just envision communion elements, little cup. Here at this place, we use a little cup with grape juice and some form of a cracker or whatever that we partake of communion because the Bible says as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of what I accomplished. So in this passage, that's what he's talking about. But to correctly discern the Lord's body, you have to understand the purpose of the church. And the purpose of the church is to declare the word. It's the pillar and the ground of truth, right? And to discern the Lord's body correctly, you you discern the revelation of what the church is that God is building. If he's building the church, we want to be right in the middle of what he's building. We don't want to be over here doing our own thing, okay? So remember that in these next two verses that that we end with tonight, okay? So Hebrews 10 And verse 23, and this is just a reminder of what the early church was reminded of constantly. Chapter 10 and verse 23. And he said, 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. This is Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So much more. So much more. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the matter of some who don't think it's important, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. As things get difficult, as there's storms and things pressing, we need to be, we need to be in the church because we are the church, and we need to be connected so that we encourage one another to walk in love and to do what's right, and, and to speak truth so that we grow up and become what God created us to do together. Now, remember what I said in 1 Corinthians 11, and just take that exhortation in Hebrews 10, and just apply it to the rest of what I'm going to say right here. Turn to Acts chapter 2, and I'll end with this tonight. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> And before we read this, I just want to recap what we've talked about tonight because it's important so that you remember, okay? It's very, it's very simple, but yet it's so deep and profound. A man who builds his house on the rock, when stuff comes, not if, but when, when issues and stuff come into his, to, against his life, if he builds his house on the rock... He's able to withstand the pressure that comes, right? How do you build your house on the rock? You build your house on the rock by connecting to the church, which is the pillar in the ground of truth. That's how you build your house on the rock, through the words you hear, as we've talked about in the last weeks. Not just the words you hear, but the the word you study, the word you meditate on, and the word then you begin to do and and practice. And and, and the church becomes a comfortable place to be able to practice because you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that aren't exactly right. But the church has to be a forgiving place and an understanding place so that people can grow up and continue on even when they make mistakes. When Jesus called his disciples, when he called them, you see through scripture where he called different disciples to follow him, they always followed with others. There never was or never will be room for a lone ranger in the kingdom of God. There was always other people around, always. Being a disciple of Christ has and always will be a team sport, a group activity, a family affair, a community event. It's a football team, not a golfer. That's why I quit golf. No. It, the, the church is a football team, not a golfer. It's, it's a basketball team. It's not a tennis player. 
it, 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 it always has been and always will be a team effort. It was that way with the disciples. So to be a disciple of Christ, you followed after him in a group. And so in Acts 2 here, we see that after the day of Pentecost, that, that Peter preached Christ crucified, he preached repentance, he preached baptism, he preached the Holy Spirit, and you know what happened? 3,000 were added to the fellowship. Verse 40 of Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were what? They were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 souls were added to who was already there. In the upper room, there was somewhere, it wasn't just the 10, there was somewhere in the neighborhood of 300, 400 people in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, though whoever had followed and come. So it wasn't just 10, it was however many. And then on that first day, 3,000 were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and what? Fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. Reverential fear of God came on every soul. And many signs, wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Many great things happened. Why? Because they continued steadfastly in the Word of God, in the connection of the Word of God that the church is. Jesus wouldn't have said that he was building his church if that right there wasn't the church. That was the church. That's what Jesus built. Because what Peter did, after he got a hold of himself, after about 40 or 50 days, after forsaking Jesus and doing all the things that he did, he came to himself and realized what had happened, and they go and they tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit, and they're baptized in the Holy Ghost, and he begins to preach Christ crucified, right? When we know who we are in Christ, and we understand true repentance, and we understand the benefit of baptism, and we understand the person of the Holy Spirit, and we embrace the connection of the church, we can't be defeated. I'm telling you today, you can't be defeated. But this element of foundation in understanding the church is, is being attacked severely today because of people not feeling like they need some organization. Because why? Because I'm the church. Right? The Bible says that you're the church, I'm the church, but the Bible also says we're the church. You're the church, I'm the church, but we're the church. And see, if there is room for a Lone Ranger, the only Lone Ranger that there's ever been is the Lone Ranger. No. The only Lone Ranger that there's ever been is who? Jesus. 
And I mean, it got so lonely for that guy that in the last 10 hours of his life on this planet, everybody ditched him. No matter how lonely you've ever felt in your life, I've never, I don't think I've ever met anybody that really everybody ditched him. Because if everybody's forsaken you, all you got to do is get on CNN and everybody will feel sorry for you. <laughs> they all forsook him. Not only when they kill him, they wanted to mutilate him. But the fact that everybody left him now has empowered you and I to be able to be gravitated toward him and be connected to him. And he died so that we could be empowered to do those wonders and signs and miracles and manifestations and see people saved and delivered and healed and, and understand this team and community and connection that the church is. And I tell you, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so thankful and grateful for the church of Jesus Christ and I'm thankful for Gates of the City here because we believe in church and community. Amen. Father, tonight I thank you for the revelation of the spoken word tonight that goes deep in the hearts of your people. And for the last 10 weeks as we've shared these foundational truths, Lord, I thank you that people take advantage of the revelation in, this, in these teachings and make it a part of their life so they can grow up continually grow up and be empowered to withstand every storm that comes against their life. Not if a storm comes, but when they come. That they're empowered to overcome. And Lord, we thank you for it. My goodness, we thank you. We're so grateful tonight for the power of your spirit, power of your word, all that you've done for us. We thank you for the days ahead, for great and awesome days. And I declare over your people tonight, every person here, that the days from here on are greater than days past. I, I say it. I say it today, that their future days are greater than their former. <clears throat> we give you all the praise tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. And amen. God bless you tonight.